the kind of uh, real um, life side of chef business. Um, you know what we talked about the uh, you know the uh, about the cookings and Japanese cuisine character whatever whatever. That's a beautiful side of it. Um, people kind of you know uh, tend to uh, see that part only. But in general, um, working in a kitchen environment or restaurant environment in general is is really tough, really tough. Welcome to another episode of the Burnt Chef Journal, hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of the Burnt Chef Project. This week's guest is Masaki Sugasaki, who is a traditionally trained Japanese chef who is now the exec chef of a luxurious Japanese restaurant in Chelsea. This conversation is very interesting because it explores not just the subject of mental health and well-being, but also management, performance, positive mindset, and also delves into the culture that Masaki was brought up into, whereby these sort of things weren't openly discussed. There's a lot of talk about resilience and it's a very interesting episode. So as always, I hope you enjoy and thanks ever so much for joining us again this week. On the surface, we at Lamb Weston are a leading global frozen potato product provider, but hospitality is in our roots. We are helping to chip away the stigma of mental health in the industry and truly believe in well-being through potatoes, which is why we are in full support of the Burnt Chef project. If you want to find out more about how we provide well-being through the humble potato, or try a free sample of our award-winning products, such as our proper British chips, The Dukes, follow us on Instagram at Lamweston UK. Hello. Hi, Masaki. How's it going? Good, good, good. Finally, we meet. <laughs> I know, I know. How's, uh, how are you? How's your week been so far, bearing in mind it's good, Tuesday? Good. Bit slow because of the football games and things so on, but uh, in a way it's good because uh, all the restaurants, as you know, uh, probably they're suffering from the shortage of staff. Everybody pushing themselves, so it's good to have a bit of calmness. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, an opportunity to take stock and, uh, and and try and recuperate, I guess, before we go go hard at it for for summer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good on you. Well, thank you very much for joining me this morning. Um, Amazing. Okay. So tell our listeners uh, exactly who you are and, and sort of uh, what led you to, to, to becoming a, a chef. Okay. So, uh, well, I've been working in this restaurant industry, especially specialized in Japanese category for over 30 years now. And how I started was slightly different from the other people, other chefs, I guess, um, because I was born and raised in a traditional Japanese restaurant family. Um, well, as a Japanese tradition, me as oldest son, I must take over family business without my choice, no choice at all. So I entered the kitchen for the first time when I, as I entered high school, and my parents obviously uh, forced me to come back from school straight away and you know they work in a kitchen work as in you know peeling the potato for whole nights or like cleaning the dish and whatever 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 uh, because I needed to take over uh, so naturally as a kid uh, while all my friends uh, you know the uh, the plane having fun outside 
I was the only one stuck in the kitchen, so I used to hate it. Uh, I was fighting for it. Um, but after years uh, of doing this um, job, I started to see the depths uh, of the cooking, Japanese cooking on its own. It's not just uh, you know, following the recipe or learning uh, skills and create the dish or recreate the dish. It wasn't like that at all. There was a whole lot of ideas and history behind, which I didn't see it before. But uh, when I saw it, I was simply like amazed. Um, what is this? I've never seen this. And, you know, I've been cooking for years now, but I didn't know anything about this. And I wanted to know. So that's how I kind of started to go into the restaurant industry and cooking on its own. And then until now, this basically pursuing this answer <laughs> is keep on going on until now. That's how I started. So you, it wasn't something that you ever, ever really thought, you know what, I wanted to be, I want to be a chef. What was it that you, you, you felt, had you had the choice, your career path would have been? Um, actually, the funny thing is that when I was a kid, I was so into music. Uh, I was learning a few different instruments and then, you know, I wanted to be a musician. And uh, that's, I, I really wanted to be. So the cooking would never be the first, uh, first choice of me. But um, at one point, the, for example, building the music truck or like a composing the music, I found the similarity within the cooking to create a dish. Uh, creating the plate and then serve it to a customer and then you see how the customer take it. And when the customer appreciated it, that gave me a shock, gave me a shock, like, oh my God, oh my God, my creation, my dish uh, impressed people and they're actually enjoying it. And then the whole table was talking about the dish and enjoying the whole moment. And then I got goosebumps, basically. <laughs> and okay, this is it, this is it. You know, this is maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, the things I want to follow and then I want to try how far I can go. And yeah, that was that. That was it, actually. It's amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a culinary art, isn't it, really, to be able to mm. produce something that's in your head, mm -hmm. uh, an idea and put mm -hmm. it into fruition. It's almost like orchestrating a symphony of the kitchen, isn't it? Ex like exactly, exactly. And there are so many things you must know and that you must learn uh, always even now I'm studying a lot and I'm learning a lot and that is the most fascinating part of the cooking on its own I mean it is a hard job but uh, at the end of the day there's no end basically if you look into it deeper there's much much deeper uh, things you can find and you know as you love cooking as you have a passion you want to get it you want to just learn it, and uh, that's an endless game, and that's the uh, the biggest motivation, to be honest. Yeah, it's being a, a master of the craft as mm. well. It's uh, on the quest for constant learning. Do you find that the flow state that you get into with cooking is the same as as the flow state that you might experience through, like a, a you know, when you're when you're really in the moment of music? Um, I'm trying to synchronize it. Um, obviously, when I was playing the music, I was so into it, so all my passion was there, da 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 da, da. and um, yeah, I tried to find the similar points. While I'm playing the music, I enjoyed it so much, and then when I shift my career to cooking, 
obviously I couldn't find the grip at the beginning so uh, I tried to find it and it is actually very similar almost I'm using the same techniques uh, you know to build the dishes to design the whole meal whole night whole table situations it's pretty much the same thing that's amazing so what sort of places have you worked at then have you always stayed in sort of the field of Japanese cuisine or have you you know if you dived into other cuisines during your, your journey um, always stick to Japanese cuisine um, my parents' restaurant is a kaiseki cuisine, which is a really traditional, formal, <coughs> formal style of cooking. Um, starting from na, um, few different kind of uh, restaurant I worked, but uh, everything is in the Japanese category. Um, but uh, you know, the one thing I really felt comfortable to do is the fusion style of Japanese cooking. Um, which I learned from uh, Nobu restaurant when I was working. And until then, I know only a traditional cooking, but uh, when I enter Nobu, everything I see was totally different. It's, it looks like, tastes like foreign dish, like, you know, European Mediterranean cuisine. However, the, all the basics were proper, genuine Japanese. And I, I thought, what is this? You know, how this dish came up and that smashed my head. And that's what I'm doing up until now. Would you say that the um, Japanese style of cuisine is actually gaining momentum? Because we seem to see, I mean, I'm personally seeing uh, one of my mates is down in Bournemouth that started the sushi sushi place. Um, you know, umami was, it sort of keeps coming in and out of, uh, we call it in quote marks, fashion, because there are companies who are bottling umami and selling it. Right. But like, do you, do, you, do you feel that that's, uh, do you feel it's a cuisine that's gaining, gaining popularity? I think... Um... Most important part is that the difference between the uh, the Japanese cooking and European cooking is the base is completely different. Uh, I believe. I mean, you know, I by myself I studied French cuisine or Italian cuisine, whatever, 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 just to for me to be able to make the uh, the fusion style of cooking without affecting base of my cooking, which is Japanese philosophy, and then I see a lot of differences, which is. Um, Basically, the European cuisine, let's say, is uh, lots of flavor is going on. It's like, you know, uh, how do you call it? You're just adding the flavor on top of each other. And as a harmony, um, you know, at the end, you will have this wow flavor, texture, whatever. But uh, in case of Japanese cooking, is the completely opposite side. You'd actually take out the... Uh, complicated flavor and then try to make it as simple as possible so you know the uh, what we call in Japanese well, in Japan what we call in general is that European cuisine is the uh, calculation of adding like plus 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 but in case of Japan it's minus 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 and then you know they leave the core parts only and that gap as the food market grow um, within the big cities like London New York about the big cities, um, the cooking level of the cooking reached to the certain level which cannot go any further quickly. Still, it's definitely going and um, growing to a next level, but uh, they wanted to have some clear differences. I and mean, they want uh, people are looking for what's new, what's new, what's new. And then suddenly, yeah, yeah. 
totally different things come up from Far East Asia. <laughs> you know, oh my God, what is this? What is this? Raw fish. Wow, wow, wow. I still remember when I first came over to London in the nine, early 90s, when I served sashimi and sushi, people were kind of scared. Oh my God, it's not cooked. <laughs> but it is sushi. <laughs> so, you know, starting from that, that big gap, um, you know, it was a wow factor for both of us, basically. And yeah, uh, other fact is that, especially after the COVID as well, um, people's awareness about your health, physical uh, health, um, is increasing like crazy. And, you know, this is the good example. I think Japanese cooking is very simple in a way. No, you know, don't do much things. They work on ingredients, so that means it's very simple, natural in a way. So uh, no, for example, greasy or like you know the high salt, whatever, whatever those kind of things. It's kind of a healthy direction, which is actually kind of working together with the people's demand. I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as uh, you know, certainly culturally, the the dietary um, setup. For, mm -hmm. for people, the Japanese culture has always been really good. You know, it's obviously quite healthy carbs mm -hmm. um, and low carbs naturally, but also you know, omega, omega threes and um, a lot of fish within the mm -hmm. diet as well. So yeah. it does tend to lead itself. I mean, are there any ingredients specifically that you feel are quite underrated within um, within just general cuisine or, or, or Japanese cuisine specifically? Well, a lot of them. I'm now so into locally sourced ingredients, uh, especially, you know, obviously, as a you know, Japanese chef, fish is a big part. And some of the beautiful catch you can find with inner British water, which is like skate wing, for example, or like the fish called ras, those kind of beautiful fish is, is totally underrated. People are not, um, you know, they are going for just scared of it because they don't know. But it is a beautiful ingredient and there are tons of it, even the vegetable, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, that's my personal passion now, actually. I'm traveling to Cornwall and talking to the fishermen and uh, ask them, okay, what they catch, what they sell popular and then what you, you are struggling to sell. And if they said, okay, this is item I'm struggling to sell, so after I catch, I need to release it to a water, although after, you know, these uh, species are dead. Um, those are the ingredients. Okay, let me try, send me over, and then I'm going to try to develop the dish, blah, 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 blah. That's what I'm doing. And it's a good fun, actually. <laughs> Challenging. Yeah, I bet. Because you're always having to learn and modify different flavor profiles and that, that exactly yeah. fit, fit in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Constant, constantly expanding your expanding your creativity and adding to that to the layers of the symphony. Hey, yeah, that's the uh, fun part of it. <laughs> um, I I was always quite impressed with. Uh, I started delving into um, ponds, pon, ponzus, ponds, dashies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I started to, to try and experience different ones of those, and I love. Mm. I just love the. Again, it wasn't that sort of bold punch you in the face flavors, <laughs> but there were like delicate differences of each right. dashi or ponzu that you try. And, right. um, you know, and certainly, I mean, yuzu is obviously a lot more familiar. People are using a lot more yuzu nowadays with their mm -hmm. ingredients. But mm -hmm. I just love those subtle nuances and especially as basis for stocks as well. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, more people need to be experiencing experiencing those, those particular products. Right, definitely. I mean, that is the, uh, you know, the good example of, well, let's say, character of the Japanese cuisine, those delicate flavor uh, is there in order to push up the main 
flavor of main ingredient. For example, if you're cooking a whitefish, um, it's a delicate flavor. If you cover it with a strong flavor, you won't taste the main flavor of the whitefish. So therefore, all the backup items, you know, the uh, comes on the plate together with the whitefish needs to be really delicate, but holding the spot to just push up the main character of main ingredient. So yeah, you spot out the, uh, the right part. Well done. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a disclaimer, I'm not a chef, but I've always, always taken a, a very keen interest over the last sort of 12 mm. years. I've been in hospitality and different ingredients, and um, I was lucky enough to go and visit. Have you seen the Dorset Watercress uh, Wasabi Farm in Winchester? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been using and working with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys there are, are great. Um, Wookie, uh, one, of the, you know, one of the guys I used to deal with, who was... Um, you know, he was always keen on us trying new things, um, mm -hmm. and the wasabi tasting was certainly an experience. And uh, yeah, <laughs> one, you know, again, uh, an ingredient that perhaps most people who haven't used it aren't familiar with, and that the care, the intention, and, mm -hmm. and how the rhizome breaks down, and the molecular structure of it, and how the heat dissipates over a period of time, and, and all of that sort of stuff. I just love the intricacy of it, and that, and that for me is, <laughs> me it sparks too. my interest. Good, good. <laughs> So, um, Masaki, this, this whole podcast is about, you know, just opening general conversations of, mm -hmm. of hospitality, talking about well-being and mental health specifically as well. And I just wondered, really, what sort of experiences you may have had and what that subject of mental health might, might mean to you. Right. Uh, OK, that is the kind of uh, real um, life side of chef business. Um, you know what we talked about the uh, you know the uh, about the cookings and Japanese cuisine character whatever whatever that's a beautiful side of it um, people kind of you know uh, tend to uh, see that part only but in general um, working in a kitchen environment or restaurant environment in general is is really tough really tough I've um, you know the uh, basically suffered from depressions, whatever these kind of things. It always comes with a uh, package, I believe. And as a fact, I've seen a lot of people um, couldn't manage their stress level and you know consuming a lots of a lots of alcohol every night and damaging their mental health together with the physical side as well. And sometimes you know in the worst case, people are taking a lot of drugs and just to balance themselves. Um, that is the pressure we are actually dealing with on a daily basis. Um, yeah, so what I'm trying to do for myself and then try to um, you know, educate my staff is that, first of all, they need to see the real, you know, the fact of this uh, nature of this business, let's say. Um, as long as if your passion exceeding the level of stress level, um, I'm sure there's a way to balance it, but uh, if you're just dreaming about, you know, watching the telly and then, you know, oh, this chef is so cool, you know, creating the beautiful dish and, and I want to do that, so I want to be a chef like this. Without seeing the real fact, um, you need to be really, really careful, <laughs> really careful. Um, basically, you need to be extremely passionate about and you need to know is long hours, standing up, constant stress, and you are pushed from the other people because you know it's all about you know the working together with the other member of the team. If you delay with one dish, um, you know the uh, the whole kitchen will be affected, and you're going to take a lot of a lot of pressure out of your colleague. And 
yeah, this is just an internal kitchen, but you know, from the customer as well. Um, so, yeah, mental health is, especially for being a chef, is the most important element you must kind of maintain all the time, I believe. Yeah, and uh, you touched upon a really, really interesting point, actually, and it's 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 the sort of yin yang, if you like, of balancing passion versus the level of physical and mental demands that it takes. Mm -hmm. And we all get into this industry for the passion and we fall mm -hmm. in love with it. Mm -hmm. um, but like some relationships, you know, the, the, we, we tend to forget the reason why we get into it. And that ultimately exactly. allows us to sort of lose, lose our direction, mm -hmm. if mm -hmm. you like, and lose our focus. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm intrigued from a cultural standpoint of view as, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, the, sort of Japanese side of um, culture is always quite tough. Like, as you say, you know, you're, as, as the oldest son, you're expected to take over. There's a, there's a strong sort of um, stoicism within mm -hmm. that. And do you, the subject of sort of mental health and the impacts of working within hospitality, was that something that was ever really apparent to you growing up or starting your journey into this industry? Um, in Japan, um, probably a lot of people uh, think Japan is, or you know the uh, what's the country organized and the people are so nice da, 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 da. but historically japan is really really strict uh, especially when it comes to this discipline and mental strength as well um as you probably know samurai culture has been died you know the ages ago but that basic idea is still uh holding the majority vast majority of the uh, the japanese mentality <laughs> in general so Japanese kitchen as you enter um, it is tough it is tough I mean I've heard that I've seen a few of the, uh, the European restaurant in the UK uh, how the kitchen system work but compared to that Japanese kitchen is a hundred times harder uh, to uh, deal with um, basically as you enter from day one um, you will be treated like no one and you cannot say anything um, against what your senior said. You just need to say yes and then do the thing. If you cannot do it, you're going to be kicked out. Uh, as simple as that. And then your day starting from like 3.30 in the morning, you need to be at the market and straight go back to the restaurant and start doing the preparations, do the service. And then after that, you are the one as a commissioner, you need to clean up the kitchen, which is like almost like midnight. And then you go back your house. You don't have even time to take a shower. And you just get a couple of hours sleep. And then, you know, start the another day. And that is keep on going for six days a week. Six days a week. That, it, that was the, uh, the kind of, you know, the, uh, the time I was trained. Nowadays, obviously, lots of regulations and law has changed in Japan. So that, you know, this working our restriction is start to apply but still still you know the basic of our kitchen system is not exist and that when i was young i was i couldn't understand why they're doing it it's like it's not fair it's not fair but i get the point at one point that actually you are building the mental strengths during this period of time and this is the moment that okay are you really sure you want to enter this world. This is not going to be easy, and this is there's not going to be a goal. You just need to keep on pushing yourself, 
until you entirely retire. And that's going to be a long journey. 10 years of experience means nothing. Uh, so that first of all, I want you to understand yourself that are you really willing to take this hard pass? So first two, three years is going to be like that. And then the majority of the people drop out. And then only the people who stays can enter the next level as a kind of start making the dishes and, you know, they are taking a higher position. So this is the first, you know, the part you it will be judged and, you know, you will judge yourself as well and then enter. So that after that, as you can imagine, all the people working in the kitchen after those hard time is actually selected where the mental, you know, this mental state is ready to go. Okay, give me more, give me more. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> and that is the basic line. And then we all think, right, okay, we are nothing. We are nothing. We don't know anything about Japanese cuisine. And there are like thousands of years of uh, history behind. And, you know, that I need to enter that part, which means I can not be arrogant at any point. You just need to keep on, you know, to push yourself and always be humble, learning, 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 learning. So in a way, I was lucky to went through that process because, because of that, even now, for example, the, uh, the, when the lockdown, first lockdown started, first one week, I was purely like, didn't know what to do. And I was so scared what's going to happen. And mentally, I was depressed. But probably one or second week, I was already, already started thinking, okay, what's the point? What's the point to be depressed, right? Um, I need to find a way to move forward. So what can I do, right? Yeah, I want to, you know, to protect my staff as much as I can. And so that, okay, what can I do? And, okay, this is the takeaway. Okay, within the takeaway, what can I do even more, 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 more. And, yeah, so basically I didn't give a time for myself to go down. And, you know, I could manage that because of this, hard training is at the beginning of my career, I think. Such an interesting point. And one of the reasons, <laughs> one of the reasons I say that is, I guess one of the, one of the reasons why I started the Burnt Chef Project is mm. I actually, and it's not well known, but I did um, eight and a half years of martial arts, um, oh. spe specifically a form of Goju Ryu from Okinawa. Oh, and oh. One thing that always struck me about that was how, how you're always pushed to your limits. And it could have been through the conditioning, you know, getting kicked in the ribs and punched in order to be able to make mm -hmm. yourself stronger or, you know, the, the sheer physical and mental limits that you had to push yourself through. Mm -hmm. And the thing that was always spoke to me about hospitality was there was certain similarities with that, you know, the what doesn't beat you makes you stronger type mentality. Um, and also the, the level of discipline and, uh, you know, all of that sort of resonated with my early journey of, of, of training um, in martial arts. But I guess the interesting thing for me is that equilibrium of that, you know, we're at a stage at the moment, as we spoke about earlier, we're, you know, in a bit of resources crisis where people mm -hmm. are finding the industry is quite tough. They found a better work-life balance and they're looking at exploring other career choices. Certainly for the short to mid-term, I do expect people will, will, will come back into the industry. Hopefully. But with that sort of mentality, you know, I think there's, there's a certain percentage of people out there whereby mm. something like martial arts or hospitality 
is great for them because it challenges them and they want to thrive and they want to succeed. And yes, their stress levels are high and yes, there'll be days that are worse than others. But for some individuals, it's a fantastic industry to be in. And I personally Mm -hmm. feel like I would be one of those individuals. Mm -hmm. But where do we go as an industry to, to, to balance that, that toughness against that also nurture, you know, ability to nurture individuals who may previously, you know, 10 years ago have gone, this is too much for me. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm out. Mm. When we, in fact, actually we could have lost, you know, lost valuable skill sets. Um, mm. So, so how, how do we, how do we balance that? <laughs> it's a difficult topic, isn't it? Um, I think, um, not sure, 100%, but um, the most important thing is that, you know, the uh, to know the beautiful part of this industry and, you know, being honest yourself. I think, I believe, um, f- this kind of uh, business um, can only be run by the people who love people, <laughs> basically. You know, the uh, for example, me, the my biggest uh, feel for myself is the people, you know, coming into uh, my restaurant and uh, if I saw them enjoying my dish already, it makes me happy and keeps keeps me going, um, you know, you know, to the next uh, thing. If you focus on the, well, if you start to see the fact that the kitchen industry, well, the kitchen environment is tough and blah, 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 blah I think it can apply these negative thoughts can apply to any kind of industry as well. But the important thing is that you need to see the positive side of it. And you need to believe that, okay, uh, you know, this moment here, that uh, couple sitting over there is enjoying a lot. And then, you know, the, uh, I'm actually helping them to create the best moment over there, which, you know, I'm so appreciative. And that is the part. I just look into it. I just focus on and then try not to see the other fact because at the end of the day, you, nobody wants to go down for like, you know, the, uh, what is that, depression or whatever these kind of things. You, you want to keep on going, right? Even if you are not sure, sometimes you need to trick yourself that, okay, what I'm doing is great because of this, because of this, because of this. If you feel like, you know, a lot of stress coming up to you, you need to see the positive side. You need to know how to manage yourself and how to trick yourself in a way. Once you pass that point, I'm sure there's going to be another scenery right in front of you and it's going to give you another passion to go forward. I think that's the only way to go forward. And you know, and then also the uh, this chef business especially. I think it's brilliant because working is tough. However, you can use your skills, ideas, experience, and create the dish. And a bunch of your dishes create the menu and serve it to a customer as a restaurant brand. And it, when you see a lot of regular customer uh, clientele is kind of you know, the fighting up and then coming back to my restaurant and then enjoying it, that is the best moment as a chef. You know, the, uh, as a p- person, like, I, okay, a lot of people, um, likes my food, which means my message, people are accepting it and are coming back for it. So we are sharing the same mentality, whatever, whatever, whatever. That is giving me my identity. 
even within a uh, you know difficult time like COVID or whatever. You know, at the moment, there are lots of restaurants struggling with the number of the staffs, uh, but still, you know, I can find a lot of happiness out of what I'm doing, and you know, this is kind of rare, kind of you know the uh, the occupation. Let's say you can actually show yourself and you can achieve whatever the prize, you know, coming out of it. And, you know, so you have a total control of it, a total produce from the brand, from the dish, from the stuff, from the service style, which is, you know, the, uh, so satisfying in a way, and it's addictive in a way as well. Yes, yeah, again, and it's all about this balance. Every, you know, everything <laughs> yeah, you say is, is, is resonating. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's about having the control and, um, you know, being able to, to express yourself, but also at the same time not being uh, taken advantage of and, you know, feeling that buzz and that excitement and that, you know, that, that warm feeling when someone does appreciate what you put in mm -hmm. front of them, but they're not signing, you know, sacrificing your personal life and health to be able to achieve that next, that next high. And it's, mm -hmm. it's a very, it's a very tricky thing. And, but you know, <laughs> it is it. tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said it, you have to be disciplined, don't you? And you have yeah, to, definitely, you know, you have, have to <laughs> keep pushing, but also, and I, another thing that you said, which I find quite interesting is the positive mindset. And it's about um, being mindful and looking at actually looking because sometimes I think in life we're so quick for the quick fixes we you know that little red pill that we can take that provides us with that instant satisfaction and everything's mm -hmm. okay but actually we need to train ourselves like for me I used to think very negatively I was a very mm -hmm. negative person so I started to train myself to spot the negative thought mm -hmm. stop it and then swap it with a positive one. And then mm -hmm. every single time I would do that, I would like pinch my finger and thumb together. And mm. eventually, psychosomatic, I would end up, you know, every time I pinch my finger and thumb together, my body uh -huh. would, like Pavlov's dog, I'd remember a positive thought. Um, That's amazing. And so you, you do have to train yourself. You know, your, body, yeah, your, right. body's a, your brain's a muscle. You, you know, if you don't use it and you start to look at those positive things and start mm -hmm. to try and address the way that you think, you, you mm. do end up, just cycling, don't you? You end up, you know, in a in a spin. Absolutely, absolutely. You never stop. <laughs> never. So tell me then, as you know, managing a team, um, you know, working in a quite a quite a tough environment that you know you you've, you've said yourself that you love. I mean, how how have you found managing people as as part of that journey? How how have you sort of learned and, and what sort of lessons have you learned during that period of time? Okay. Um, <clears throat> First thing, oh, I struggled a lot, especially me as a Japanese, you know, trained in the Japanese kitchen in Japan and coming to UK and working with the European chefs um, was not the easy thing. Even now, I'm, I sometimes struggle uh, to share, how can I share my, you know, the thoughts with my team. Um, but one thing I found out is, <coughs> is that uh, um, me as a leader, I decided to not to be a leader with an ego, basically. Okay, this is what I want, so make this. I stopped doing that. Um, instead, I decided to uh, just trust the people, trust the team member, and then they give them an opportunity to come up with solution, ideas, whatever, and I try to listen what they come up with. So, you know, just like orchestra, we talked about music. Um, for example, the uh, 
conductor is never be a player. Conductor is never make a sound. <laughs> it's just that, you know, conducting everybody, right? That's literally what I'm doing it's, uh, at the moment. And it's working much, much better. A lot of improvement from individual staff, I can see, which makes me happy as well, because I want my team to, you know, take this um, hard working days to be an opportunity to improve themselves as well. At the end of the day, their improvement will come back to me and as a restaurant, we can make people, even bigger number of people happy with the stability. So yeah, um, managing the people is all about, you know, forget about, uh, well, first of all, you need to recognize, you know, power I have uh, as a team leader. If I said, okay, this is black, even though I'm holding a white paper, right? The people must say you know, the black, which is wrong. Okay, so what I'm doing now is that, okay, give me your idea, give me what, what you can do, what is your passion, right? Okay, in that case, if someone said, okay, I want to uh, try this dish, da, 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 then I would say, rather than say, no, that's not my dish, I'm going to say, it's like, okay, that's interesting. So let's try to do that. But, uh, you know, the, my restaurant has got this concept, so why don't you tweak this part to this, 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 and then, you know, come up with a dish. And they come up with an amazing dish, which customer love it. And, you know, as a result, in my restaurant, our staff is making people happy. So that's a win-win scenario. And the people, you know, appreciate it for this opportunity within the kitchen and things so on. So managing the people is, is all about, right, okay, don't use your power. Understand your power, but don't use it. And then let them do it. And then let them, uh, you know, they challenge themselves with my guideline. So at the end of the day, what I'm doing rather than cooking um, in the kitchen is that basically I'm guiding the people, leading the people in to a right direction. And then when the, uh, you know, the, uh, the result comes up, we actually share the results. And you know, by doing this, team getting stronger, individually they improve, and at the end of the day, I'm learning from that as well. So you know, there's no moment for everybody to deduct and start to feeling like, right, I'm doing this again, exactly the same routine. You know, when you enter the kitchen, you start to do the plate and do the service, same dishes again, 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 that kind of negative thought, psych uh, negative kind of circulation to be stopped com completely. And every day is a new day, blah, 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 blah. I think it seems, um, you know, they're working for now this way. I love that. I love that. Um, and the question <laughs> that I have for you off the back of that mm -hmm. is when you get that intrinsic value, when you get that warm feeling, mm -hmm. which is better, the warm feeling from the customer loving your dish or the warm feeling from a member of your team who's, you know, competently and confidently put something together because of your training? Um, I think it's both, both. Obviously, our, you know, well, minimum requirement in a way is to make customer happy all the time. But, you know, other than that, for me, uh, having a team and uh, following me and working together to hold our restaurant brand as it should be is all about the team. Uh, so that for me, it's not me, but the team is the most important part. And then that is actually pushing me all the way you know, to here as well. So both are extremely important. 
but uh, making a customer happy is the minimum requirement we need to tick all the time. And then how is entirely up to us. So my focus now, you know, the, uh, is to kind of build the, uh, the nice harmony, you know, orchestra, big, perfect orchestra, uh, you know, the way they make kitchen. I think. That's amazing. Did you ever think that you would, uh, you know, even before you worked in the kitchen, that you'd end up being a conductor of sorts uh, rather than the musician itself? <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, it took me a long, long time to come to this point because I was so kind of scared. Uh, you know, the, I, I didn't have enough confidence um, because I had always, um, you know, the big question mark in my head. Yes, I am Japanese and, you know, the... I was trained in the Japanese kitchen and running, uh, running a Japanese restaurant. Um, but I always had this thought that, okay, making the sushi just like Japan is the right thing to do for me because I'm not in Japan. And I believe the Japanese philosophy, especially when it's come to cooking, is paying the respect to us to the seasonal um, ingredient, right? Each season... Japan has got four different, clear, clearly different seasons. And then each season has got so many different produce. And we change the, uh, the flavoring or like a preparation method or a cooking method according to the season and ingredient. And that is, I believe, like, you know, the, uh, the base of the Japanese cuisine. But at the moment, majority of the Japanese restaurants are importing a lot of Japanese ingredients you know, by air, by, you know, the sea flight, and try to recreate the food served exactly like, you know, in Japan. And, mm. okay, that's what the people want. As a, you know, when you enter a Japanese restaurant, you want to have this, 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 this. I understand that, but as a Japanese chef who want to represent the Japanese culture, it's the right thing. No, no. <laughs> that was always a dilemma. And uh, actually, this first lockdown was a good uh, clicking point for me. Um, people as you know, the, uh, there's no shipping coming in and out, and da, 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 and as this whole busy day suddenly stopped. So I had quite a bit of thought, and hang on a minute, this question mark, I need to eliminate it. I need to sort this question mark out, otherwise I cannot go forward. And then the, uh, you know, the result uh, I came up with is that, okay, Let's, um, you know, stop cooking Japanese cuisine. Well, you know, the Japanese cuisine with a bracket. But let's cook the real Japanese cuisine. So uh, that's how I start to, you know, the, uh, so kind of go into the local source ingredients, local footprint and sustainability, uh, things so on. And with that, around the same time, I reviewed my whole working you know, the, uh, the style together with the, uh, the working philosophy. Uh, that was the time that, okay, I should, you know, be, be honest to myself. And uh, being honest is that I was always, always struggled to find the trustable stuff. And, you know, because of that, I was working by myself all, all the time. So that when I, you know, I have a, another restaurant in Israel, Tel Aviv. And then when I'm going there, uh, like every month, I used to go there uh, and spend one week. And during those time, I wasn't feeling secured to leave my main restaurant in London to be alone without me. And I really, really don't like that. 
So, okay, let's sort out this question mark as well. How? Okay, let's start to, uh, you know, the uh, trust people. So, I changed my management style. And I tried little by little, but I, I didn't know clearly back in that time. But, okay, let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And a lot of failure as well. But now, um, all those process coming to, you know, start forming the shape. And since it's working, so I'm pretty happy with that at the moment. That's amazing. So COVID has been, uh, I mean, it's been terrible for the hospitality industry in general, Absolutely. but as a, <laughs> as a, as a positive, there's a lot of, you, you've done a lot of personal development in terms of your brand, you know, the, the cuisine thing. that you're doing as well as your, you know, your management style. Hey, exactly. Uh, as I said, you know, I'm kind of getting used to <laughs> dealing with the, uh, this uh, difficult environment or like a difficult situations. Um, that's why I really appreciate my initial training as a chef. You know, it was a tough time. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, senior chef is slowly the uh, massive, massive smoking hot pans, <laughs> that kind of thing. It was a really tough time. But because of that, I could kind of figure out somehow, even though it's not perfect, I'm still challenging. Um, but, uh, you know, I know as a fact that, okay, staying in a negative side and, you know, suffering from the stress, whatever, is not a good thing anyway. So that means you just need to make action, some kind of action to get out of it. And then, you know, the once you enter the positive side of it, then you need to kind of have a skill to prevent those situations to be comes back to you. Sometimes you cannot, uh, you know, the, uh, prevent that. That's impossible. But majority of the time, it is possible to prevent those by predicting those situations and then, you know, take our early actions. I think it's, it is totally possible, I believe. So, but rather than being the receiver of an event, it's actually being um, not, the, not the controller because there are certain things that, that people yeah, will feel beyond their control, but actually mm -hmm. going, well, I understand that this is a possibility, that this might happen, so how mm -hmm. can we put things in place myself or in terms of operational standpoint of view to avoid yeah. that moving forward and it, it becomes more of a problem solving matter than it does just right. allowing it to happen to you you're sort of pushing back on the on the universe a little bit and saying actually yeah. no i'm i'm drawing the line in the sand here mm -hmm. and this is what we're going to do i love yeah. that i love that yeah. uh, and in terms of sort of personal personal care and, and personal well-being what, what specifically do have you found that's worked really well uh, during your lifetime that keeps you firing on all cylinders and keeps you in a, in a good state other than sort of positive mindset that we've discussed? Mm, 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 mm. What is it going to be? Um, okay, so basically um, the stress, kind of stressful environments or like a situation could happen when you expect something, I believe. And one thing I'm trying to do is that I try to plan like you know the like control freak <laughs> before you do anything you try to plan everything in advance but uh well i try to plan everything in detail to a hundred percent level but i never expect this um what is that result to be like completed as i expected in a way so that i always keep some spaces for those you know, the uh, unexpected situation or stressful situation might come up to you. So in a way, for the preparation, I spend my 
100% of effort. But uh, when I actually start to get hands, my hands on, I always save myself to 80% so that rest of the 20% is always cushioned for me to kind of play with the stress and that kind of thing. So I try to kind of, you know, understand how my psychological, uh, you know, the part it works and then try to manage that. And then also the, uh, I always, always try to uh, you know, remind myself that reason why I'm doing it is simply, you know, the, uh, I like this, you know, I chose this as uh, my life uh, work. And then I need to remind, so, uh, remind myself a few times, um, you know, the, uh, what is that? To prevent, I mean, to feel the positiveness within my head. Uh, that's what I keep on doing because it's such an easy thing for you to lose track and then, you know, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, oh my God, I don't think I can do this, da 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 da. It's, it happened to everyone, but, you know, as I said at the beginning, like, if my passion exceeding that, um, you know, the, my uh, negative figures, then all I can do is, like, okay, you know, whatever happened regardless, I want to be like this. I want to do this. I want to try this. I want to try this. So I'm just trying to, what is that, to give myself a tasks and remind myself and try to look after myself and things so on, I guess. I like it. And also with regards to your tolerance as well, I, I guess it's like similarly to a skyscraper, you know, skyscrapers have to be built to be structurally very strong. You know, they're built to Correct. an architect's plan. You mm-hmm. have to follow them completely to the T so that they stand big and tall, but also right. they build in a slight tolerance so that they wave mm-hmm. in the wind and they move because if it was completely rigid, it would mm-hmm. break. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. I think that's a perfect analogy to be able to explain what you what sort of the what are your learnings. Um, I agree. I've loved this. I've loved this conversation. I think this is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think personally, it's it's going to be really beneficial for other people because it's a, you know it's a it's a different viewpoints and and I think it just adds to an overall picture and p- different things that people can take away. One final question I ask all of my guests is uh, if you were to be able to travel back in time and meet a younger version of yourself at, say, 16 years old, is there any particular nuggets of wisdom or you know, advice that you would give to yourself now? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Be more adventurous uh, because, you know, the, um, what is that? When I was young, I was kind of, you know, the fighting against this Japanese tradition, da, 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 da. so a lot of negative things uh, went on. But I believe back in that time when I entered the kitchen, I already had some kind of uh, had interest in this uh, industry. But I, I was like, you know, I didn't make much actions towards it. So it took me years to uh, realize that, you know, if I follow my intuition back in that time, I'm sure I would see a lot more things um, works beneficial for myself now. So, uh, you know, the, uh, when you were young, I think the biggest um, benefit you have is that, okay, you can jump in the water you know, all the time. As you get older, sometimes you hesitate because, okay, I've got this responsibility, I have a family or whatever, 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 whatever. But when you were young, in a way, you can be stupid. And that is the good stupid, <laughs> stupidity, basically. So uh, don't stop yourself and just, you know, the, uh, go for it. If you are interested in something, you just, you know, jump in the water and try to get it, you know, 
that's the kind of advice, probably. Yeah, yeah. You, you're always going to learn. Well, you should always learn from your mistakes, and you can do it whilst you're young. Nothing, nothing is yeah. irreparable as well. So do it. Test yourself. Push yourself yeah. to, you know, to to learn and develop. Uh, Masaki, I've absolutely loved this conversation. Is there anything in particular that you wanted to add on on these sort of subjects that viewers might be or listeners might be interested in? <laughs> oh well, um, as it is the uh, the topic of uh, mental health. Um, Yes, uh, a lot of people said that it's stressful, blah, blah, blah. But as a fact, a lot of chefs are still, um, you know, staying in this industry after all this, uh, you know, tough time. And this is the beauty of this industry. At the end of the day, yes, it is tough, but you are actually, you know, the, uh, you will achieve not only cooking or like, you know, the, uh, the um, what is that, having your own business in the future, whatever. Uh, but uh, as a human being, you know, living in this modern world is filled with the stress. You know, we as a human being make society complicated to stress ourselves. It seems like okay, it's more convenient, da 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 da. da but as a fact, because of this system, we are suffering uh, all the time. And th you know, going through this stressful environment, you need to have a strength. And I believe this is the job you can build. As long as if you have a passion to it, you can build your strengths to, you know, the success of your life in many different ways. So, uh, yeah, I think um, everybody should jump in <laughs> and then uh, test yourself and believe your passion. Just go through. That's the kind of advice if I could give. Lovely, Masaki. Thank you. And if people wanted to find you online, where could they uh, where could they find your social channels or business pages? Uh, yeah, well, probably websites or like uh, sometimes I uh, um, put my recipes on uh, websites such as like Great British Chefs and that kind of thing. So my, maybe you can see what I'm doing there as well. And with this, uh, you know, whole conversation idea, maybe you understand the real concepts behind. Hope you like it. <laughs> Wonderful, Masaki. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Burnt Chef Journal. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but in the meantime, if you wanted to learn more about the Burnt Chef Project, please head over to our website, www.theburntchefproject.com, where we have a range of merchandise which is designed to create awareness. We offer training modules, we also provide support services, and also you'll find access to our online app, which is free to use internationally. Do feel free to give us a follow and a like on social media and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week.